go ahead and get started. If uh, some other folks come in, that'll be great. Um, but if not, we'll roll with what we got. Um, just in way of announcements, uh, May 17th, don't miss that day if at all possible. Um, I'm excited about the next installment in our My Story series that Brian Deere didn't know he was starting, but he did. Um, we heard from Brian several weeks ago. Uh, a few weeks ago, Braden got up here and talked to us about the experience that he and Kayla had, what they walked through with Millie and her health, and his takeaways from that experience and things that God did for them and, and revealed to him. On May 17th, Kara Swallow is going to be sharing, and Troy might get roped into that. Um, he might not, I don't know. Um, but talking to us about some God moments in her life and things that God has done. Uh, it's going to be good stuff, and I'm excited about it. And word on the street, word on the street, is that uh, at some point in the future, we'll hear from uh, Vernell Murphy, which should be an entertaining, <laughs> an entertaining uh, event. But uh, anyway, good stuff, exciting. Um, today I want to talk about communication. And... Um, as way of leading into that, I want to ask you to think about this and maybe share with us a little bit. Has a lack of communication or a miscommunication ever created a little bit of chaos in your life? And most of us would say, yes, it definitely has. But I'm going to ask you to share with us something specific, if you can, um, good or bad. Um, but if, uh, if there's been a time where a lack of communication or miscommunication created some chaos, we'd like to hear about it. Um, I'll, I'll share while you're thinking, and I'm probably going to take one of the first thing that Julia thought of. Um, whenever I was in graduate school, uh, there was a, uh, one particular day, the day that Julia thought I died. Uh, mm -hmm. I left to go to class that morning. Uh, we lived in a uh, little subdivision right behind Amy Baptist Church off of Carol Ann, and uh, she went to work. I went to class. I got sick on the way to class, like pulled over on the side of the road, vomit sick, and uh, turned around and went back home. And uh, later on that day, I felt better, so I left and went on to whatever class I had that evening. Somehow or another, and I don't even know this part of the story, all I know is I come home later on that evening and she's been crying, she's upset with me, she thought they have been calling hospitals, calling the police, uh, calling people that I was in class with trying to find me. She didn't know where I was, she thought I was dead. Somebody had called looking for you. Okay, that's what it was. So. Somebody from one of my classes had called this me. Was pre -cell phone, so it wasn't like you could just call me. Yeah, back in the days of back like in the dark ages. 90, 97, <laughs> 96, 95, back back in that back in that time. So, anyway, I mean, I was fine, and I didn't know what the big deal was, but apparently it had caused a lot of chaos and, and problems for Julia and and my mother. Um, <clears throat> so, anyway. Just a little miscommunication uh, created a lot of chaos. Anybody else? Lack of communication or miscommunication created some chaos in your life? Want to share? Go ahead, Troy. Short term, well, long term marriage, of course. I was in understanding what's going on. 
bring us to a point that's a, a bad point, mm. and then being able to rectify that, or straighten things out. That's the long term. There was a short term, or a similar to you, uh, just miscommunicating. My dad needed to have surgery. Uh, I was communicating with my dad that okay, I'm going to bring you. Part of hearing, sometimes he'll wear his hearing aid, sometimes he won't, and his standard response when he's not wearing it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he talked to my sister about getting up at 5.30 in the morning, bringing it to the doctor's office to have surgery. And I had talked to him as well. Hey, I'm gonna come get you, everything's all right. Yeah, okay. So I show up 5.30, get him, we're at the doctor's office, all is good. He decides to leave his cell phone at home, and she's calling. Getting madder and madder by the minute. <coughs> Eventually, she calls me about 6:30. Really uh, packed off that my dad did not relay to her, her that uh, I was picking him up. Gotcha. So, okay. Things between him and her weren't that good that morning. <laughs> okay. Anybody else? Y'all know it's happening. You just can't think of anything right now. Is that what? Go ahead, Casey. My mom um, said, she told me and my dad, we couldn't remember, that she was riding to uh, a hospital, I believe, to see Jonathan and Kelly's baby after he was born. And um, we didn't remember her saying that. So when my dad got up, whatever morning it was, my mom had already left. Well, she forgot her cell phone at the house. <laughs> so he walked around the house looking for her, and the shoes that I guess she wears frequently during the week were just left on the floor in the living room, so he assumed she was somewhere in the house. So he looked all over the house, couldn't find her, walked around outside, couldn't find her. Meanwhile, I'm at school for some special <coughs> class party or something for Noah, trying to have a good time, and I get a text message from my dad saying, do you know where mom's at? I hadn't heard from her today. I said, but actually, since you mentioned that, I texted her like over an hour ago. She hasn't texted me back. Why? Why are you asking? He said, well, I've been looking for her for like 20 minutes, and I can't find her, and I can't call her because her phone's here, and I have no idea where she's at. And I went into this panic, you know, and they're ringing around the Rosie and whatever else in there in the classroom, and I'm thinking, what if she went outside that morning, and she went and talked to somebody, and they and my dad started panicking and whatever and way later he got a text from Christy Murphy's cell phone from my mom saying hey I just wanted to let you know I forgot my phone at the house but if you need to get in touch with me just call or text Christy's phone he's like where are you She's like, well, I told you I was going to the hospital, and we just rode together, and we were like, no, we don't remember that. <laughs> so then we finally... Okay, so that was the other piece of the puzzle. The car was still there. Yes, and her okay. car was still there. Okay, all right, so yeah. yeah. I forgot to include that. Yeah, her car, her shoes, her phone. She was like, it vanished. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, for like an hour and a half, you're freaking out and don't really know what to do, and you get this text, hey, if you need me, just text Christy's phone off the hospital. 
that's funny, but you know it's sobering too because just, you real in those moments you realize just how quickly life can turn. I mean, it can turn on a dime. Yes. Um, but okay. Anybody else? No. Okay. Um, I find it kind of ironic that on the day I want to talk about communication, uh, my notes are the most sketchy. So I've got sketchy notes today. We're going to see what happens. It's pretty clear uh, in Scripture that God communicates to humanity. If you start all the way back at the beginning, we know from Genesis that God spoke to Adam. He told him, and his first message was a message of, of liberty. He said, you can eat of anything in the garden except for this one tree. You don't want to fool with that one. But then it tells us later in chapter 3 that God walked with Adam and, and Eve in the cool of the day. In Genesis 3, 8 through 10, it says, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden so they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden. So I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Adam said, I, I heard you, Lord. I knew that sound. That was, that was you walking in the garden. I, I knew that was you because I, I was accustomed to that sound. And I heard your, you calling. I, I knew that voice. I knew it was you, but I, I had to hide because I broke the cookie jar, spilled the plant, whatever. Scratched the side of your car with my bike, but I knew that I'd messed up, so I had to hide. God spoke to Noah about how to build an ark. We talked about this a little bit last week, but he was very specific about exactly what he wanted Noah to do. You build it this long, this high, this wide. You use this material. And here's why, which is nice whenever God actually explains himself. Um, God spoke to Abraham on multiple occasions, even gave him visions. God spoke to Moses out of the burning bush, right, about going to Egypt. Later on in the Old Testament, God uses prophets like Elijah, Elisha, Jeremiah, and all those other ones to speak to his people. So he uses a mouthpiece to speak to his people in Israel. And then we have this, um, this weird time. right? It's called the intertestament period. That's that, if you, in your actual paper Bible, that's, that's that page, right? In between the Old Testament and New Testament. And, um, you know, that, that page is kind of a big deal. Because that one page right there represents about 400 years of Israelite history where God didn't talk. They, they call it the 400 years of silence, that period between the end of Malachi and the opening of Matthew, God's not talking at all. Then Jesus shows up on the scene, and, well, there's a lot of communication there. And finally, after Jesus is resurrected and ascends, then we have communication uh, from the apostles, you know, Luke, Paul, Peter, John, who recorded the words impressed upon them by the Spirit of God uh, regarding critical events in the early church and uh, instructions for Christian living, how to be Christ-like. Now, all of that to say 
that God establishes in Scripture that He desires, He wants to communicate with humanity. But communicate what? What does God want to communicate to us? This, this is a softball, okay, guys? This is, this is the lob pitch across the plate. What is it that God wants, wants to tell us or, or communicate to us? What does the Bible show us? Man, we're going to have a rough time in here this morning if y'all don't start talking. What does God want to communicate to us? His love, okay? His plan, His will. Who He is. What He's like. Anybody else? His plan, His will, His love. Who He is. Any additions? Mercy. So, the Bible, we take it from Genesis and run it all the way up through the end of Revelation, it is one means of communication where God says, this is who I am, this is what I'm like, this is what I stand for, this is my plan. And those things, all that being said, and I hope that I'm not alone in what I'm about to say, or this classroom today is going to be like a big rig on I-12 at rush hour at O'Neill Lane. Okay, we... All of that being said, does anyone ever have a problem hearing or getting a clear communication from God? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> that battle has been won. You've got... The situation in your life, some type of need, and you're praying, you're reading your Bible, you're listening to sermons, maybe you're going to a conference, you, you might be so desperate you're even fasting a little bit, okay? But for some reason, the message isn't getting through. Can I get at least a nodded head somewhere? Okay, this is good. This is a common experience. It's not just me. People know what I'm talking about. In those moments, how do you feel? Do what? Frustrated. Frustrated. Okay. What emotions do you have to manage? What, what thoughts or mindsets or thought patterns do you have to manage? Unbelief. Unbelief? Unbelief about what? Whether all this stuff I have believed all my life is real at all. <laughs> okay, I'm glad to hear somebody really, because I mean, I'll go there quick. What if this is all like some big science fiction novel, and I've been living a lie? Does anybody ever think that, other than me and Brian? Science, all right. Oh, yeah. Okay, unbelief, frustration, Casey, you mentioned frustration. Frustration about what? Why can't I hear what's going on? Why can't I hear? Okay, but I want you to run that out a little bit. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Okay. Now, do I need to talk about that right there? Because, let me. Because I might not be doing anything wrong. 
Now, I think it's a good question because maybe I am. If there's unrepentant sin in my life, if I'm not, um, if I'm neglecting certain things, well, then yeah, then there's something I'm doing wrong. But it's it doesn't always, and I'm getting ahead of things here, but it doesn't always necessarily come down to I'm doing something wrong. But that is typically where my brain goes first. Okay, so frustration. Um, Unbelief. Anything else with unbelief, Brian? You mentioned unbelief like you mentioned like the meta unbelief, yeah, like the, the over unbelief. Um, I just you know just to break it down to brass tacks. I have trouble rectifying this position between me and God that says He's the best dad there is. He He's you know He loves me more than I can understand. But yet, the process by which he communicates, I'm going to use that term loosely, with me is very veiled. And I have to hunt all the time for this communication. And that bothers me just mm-hmm. about every day. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Brandy? It's the why me. Okay. What does that mean? Meaning that there's worse people in the world and then... I just get kind of bombarded with all the not so good stuff. So it's just a quick reminder, like, is it real? Mm-hmm. But what if it's not? Okay. And it's like, what if? Right. We're not talking about answers yet. We're just talking about the stuff we have to manage. Anybody else? I get a lot of what ifs. You know, why me? Why actually not me? Why Skyler? Mm. You know why does she have to suffer? Why, you know? Um, and I think it goes back to last week when we talked. Is it really the devil trying to intervene and, and mess us up, or is it God testing us and seeing how much we can handle um, on a daily basis, or just sporadically? Hey, look, I'm gonna throw this, you know, wrench in your in your day and see how you come about it and, and you know if you still believe in me with the worst things going on or if you'll just turn your back on me and, and think I'm the worst part you know I mean because I've asked many times and, you know why why is God, you know why is this happening but I always have to keep in mind that he's going to be there he's on her side he's going to pull her through Jesus told John the Baptist that there's a blessing just for not being offended in him. That's pretty powerful. Anybody else? Mindsets, thought patterns, emotions that you have to manage whenever you want so desperately to get this communication from God, but you just, for some reason, aren't receiving it. Anything else that we need to... Okay, you know I'm going to hold you to more than just a one-word answer, Tommy, so. It may not be our time. It may not be. Mm, okay. I mean, God's will is a little bit different than ours, but it may not be the time frame that we saw it from the past. Okay. It may not be the answer we want, so we still got to have patience and know that it's the right answer, whether it's wrong or not. Yeah, I don't like that answer. You can stop now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. 
Okay. Does that work? Not really. <laughs> okay, well. Anybody else? Uh, disappointment. Hmm. Because most of my needs come with deadlines, and I need answers kind of quick. So it's just sort of, don't get that answer, it's throw it, walk away. Okay. Type deal. I think that's true for most people. Our actors always we think they have deadlines. Some of them are real. Smart pay this bill that, that day goes by. That line wasn't that. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. So, this is some pretty heavy stuff. I want to back up for just a minute. What are the ways that God communicates with us? Other people, okay. How so? Through other people. Like, he'll give a word to somebody. Yeah. Um, I think under that. Um, well, no. Let's just let let's leave it there. Other people. You might get a text message or an email or a phone call or. Might go have coffee at Starbucks and somebody says something out of the blue that just, it's like, wow. Okay, God's, you know, just by what they said, that um, God's got you on his radar. What else? What are some other ways that God communicates with us? Scripture. Scripture, yes. Okay. Psalms, hymns, music. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Because that's a huge one for me. Sometimes the, just the words of a song, and uh, or sometimes it's not necessarily so much the song, but it's in the middle of the worship that God will just drop something, and it's but it's fitting and it's appropriate, and let's, it's it's God's way of saying, "Hey, you know, I, I understand, and I got you." What else? Scripture, other people through worship. Music. Y'all might be loop, uh, lumping these two together, but whenever it comes to Scripture, I kind of put, uh, you know, like pastors, teachers, evangelists, apostles, prophets, because sometimes he'll speak through us like in a personal devotion. Okay, I'm sitting down with my Bible on Saturday morning, and I'm reading, and there's a Scripture, but then sometimes it's someone's, expository speaking about a scripture and God uses that to to speak to me okay um, the overall message of the gospel the good news of the gospel is a way that he communicates to us anybody else there's more who said that talk about that a little bit because those are weird Okay. 
Well, and but it's entirely valid. I mean, you call them what you want to, nudges, uh, spirit checks. I've got to check in my spirit. You know, I, I felt impressed to do this. Brother Dale just felt led to tell you. Well, I mean, whatever you call it, being led, impressed, nudges, whatever, what you're operating on is some type of, it, it's more than just emotion because there's there's brain involved there and there's spirit involved there, but you're operating on some type of spiritual unction, but yet no blasting voice out of the heavens came along and said, Kayla, go tell Celeste I said, fill in the blank. It, you don't get that. At least I don't. I don't know. Has anybody in here ever got an audible voice booming out of the heavens? Okay, so we're operating on this quasi-feeling, urging, unction thing but you know what? What you find out is God is in that. Because, I mean, it's happened with me before and been on both sides of it, Brian, where somebody comes to me and says, look, I just I felt really impressed to come tell you, and then they tell you, and it's just like it breaks the dam open, you know, and you just, I'm snotting and crying and boohooing, and it's like, you just don't know where I've been living. But that happens. And I've been on the other side of that, too, where I've, I've gone to people and said, Brandy, got just, this is what I was praying. This is what I felt to tell you. And then that, that gets confirmed. So those things are legitimate. They're hard to classify, um, but they're real. So, yes, thank you for nudges. What else? Oh, we've got Bible for that, by the way, because... The Bible says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Okay, see, he got he got pulled into this into the wilderness for the purpose of being tested. Thank you very much. Um, I think that there's a there's a community method. <laughs> I don't really know how to what to call this, but a community method by which God talks to us, and it's kind of like what's going on in here right now. Uh, a small group or a prayer meeting kind of thing where people are talking about the things of God, praying about the things of God, meditating on the things of God, and then just this ministry takes place. And uh, it, that's a real thing. Has anybody, uh, God ever talked to you in prayer? <laughs> okay. Um, you get this like internal dialogue thing going on. Um situations in our lives and I typically don't like this one very much but God will use situations in my life to talk to me he did it to the Egyptians whenever he was trying to get them to understand it was time to let the Israelites go and he sent them ten plagues that was God communicating with them they didn't necessarily receive it well but um, sometimes God just there's mess going on in my life and that's God trying to get my attention and get me to focus somewhere um, Brian, I'm surprised you didn't say this one, but nature and creation. Uh, just you can experience the peace on a beach, Casey, or the glory and splendor of the mountains, or contemplate the stars at night like I like to do, and just be in awe of God. And he communicates his majesty, his glory, his his peace through his creation. 
Any other ways that God communicates? Through dreams. Oh, yeah, dreams and visions. Okay, well, now you're getting off into all that spooky, like, gifts of the Spirit stuff. But, you know, that's, that's His Spirit communing, communicating to us through gifts in the Spirit. Um, tongues and interpretations. Somebody comes to you with a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. Dreams and visions. But, yes, all that crazy cool stuff. Absolutely. Anybody else? Hey, let's just touch on that for a minute. Anybody ever had a dream? Like a, a nighttime dream that whenever you woke up, you were like, that was a God thing. Did you write it down? You should. What about a vision? I'm not trying to creep anybody out here today, but like you were literally awake. I don't know what you were doing. Maybe you were praying. Maybe you were in a time of, wor- time of worship, but you just you got this vision. Okay, I see some nodded heads. So, we got all these ways that we just talked about that God wants to communicate to us. So with all of these methods of communication, then what's the problem with receiving? Because we've all said that there are times where I really need something from God. I need Him to communicate to me. And for some reason I'm not getting yet. We've got all of these different methods by which He can communicate to us. So my legitimate and honest, very honest and needful question for you guys today is, what's the problem? Distractions. Why do we struggle with receiving distractions? Is it, is it a transmission problem? Well, the trans, I mean, God would be the transmitter. So just by virtue of who he is, I'm inclined to say no. <laughs> I'm inclined to say it's not God's problem with transmission. It, it, I believe that if there's a fault to be found, because it might not be because I'm doing something wrong, but if there is a fault to be found, it's with the receiver. Maybe it's my perception or, or what have you. Um. I want to throw one answer out there uh, just for the sake of moving this discussion along. Um, And it kind of ties in with whoever said distraction. Casey said that. I I think these things tie together. And that is proximity. Um, I heard a story, uh, matter of fact, just yesterday, I heard a story about uh, a man who was, he was a little bit, they were were older couple, man and wife, they were older couple. And um, he had started to realize just over the last few months that his wife was starting to lose her hearing. She couldn't hear him and hear things the way that she used to could. And so one evening, he uh, decided to conduct a little experiment, a little in-home hearing test he wanted to do. So they were sitting there in the uh, the living room that evening, and... uh, she was across the room. She was sitting in her chair reading, and, and he kind of walked in from pretty pretty good distance, and, and he said, uh, can you hear me? And she didn't respond. So he, he moved a little bit closer. He, he got right up behind the couch, and, and he said, uh, can you hear me? And he waited, and there was nothing. So he moved a little bit closer across the floor, and and he did it again. Can you hear me? 
and there was nothing, no response. He like, okay, I thought it was bad, but this is really bad. So he got right behind the chair and leaned down and got right close to her ear, and he said, can you hear me? And this time she said, for the fourth time, yes, I can hear you just fine. So obviously, <laughs> there was a little bit of a communication problem there, but I got a serious question about a funny story. What enabled the husband with the hearing problem to finally hear his frustrated wife? He got close enough. It was a proximity issue. His proximity to her changed to the point where his damaged ears could hear what she was transmitting. Um, this is not an example that's, uh, that's, that's mine. It's not unique to me, but uh, a good friend of mine used it one time and it stuck with me for years. Uh, has, how many of you have been in Tiger Stadium for an LSU football game at night? How many of you have been? Okay. All right. Several of you centers in here. Okay. Uh, the stadium's capacity at this point is a little bit over 102,000 people. I heard something after the last addition uh, got completed that on Saturday night in Tiger Stadium, uh, that is like the seventh largest city in the state of Louisiana whenever, there are, whenever the LSU fans are, are in place. Um, the loudest it has been recorded so far was in a 2007 game versus Florida. And it, it hit 130 decibels in Tiger Stadium. Now, they have said that with the last edition that was just completed, that that should raise the decibel level. But, um, you know, at 100 and... Oh, I'm sorry, at 95 decibels, if you have prolonged exposure, like three to four hours of exposure to 95 decibels, They've documented that's hearing loss. At 130 decibels, that's immediate damage to your ears. A jet engine from 100 feet away is 140 decibels. So Tiger Stadium, is, it's loud. Uh, in 2013, uh, it was ranked as the loudest stadium in college football by the NCAA. So let's put ourselves in that place, okay? Um, it's Saturday night. LSU is playing Alabama. LSU is ahead by one point. There's two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And Nick Saban and his little demons just got the ball back. Now, for some weird reason, I'm standing on the 50-yard line so now you know this is fantasy. And my friend BT, my, my good friend Brian, is at this seat that we sat in in the south end zone. And he is trying to communicate to me that he wants me to bring him a sausage po' boy before I come back to my seat. Now I don't know what he's saying. I can see him. And I know he's trying to communicate to me, but 
His message about a sausage po' boy is not getting through. Why? Why can't I hear him? Because there's 102,000 screaming people in that stadium. Now what am I going to have to do to be able to hear what Brian's saying to me? Do what? Send him a text. That's off the table. I'm going to have to get... I'm going to sign language. Okay. If I want to hear what he's saying, what do I have to do? I've got to get right by him. I've got to get his mouth in my ear. It's a, it's a proximity issue. Genesis 6 and 9 in the New Living Translation says that Noah was a righteous man and he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah could hear God's voice and those specific instructions because he was close to it. Now, I, I don't think, and I, I, it would be wrong of me to say that proximity is always the sole issue. Because I honestly, Brian, I don't believe that. I don't think that it's the case. But I think a lot of times for me, it's the problem. When we are close to Him, when I am close to Him, when I am in close proximity to Him, we become familiar with His voice. We can recognize it. We can hear it above all of the other stuff, Casey, all of those distractions. And it gets easier to pick it out from all of the other voices around us. You know, in certain parts of the Middle East, and and you can go there today and and see this because they're still using some of the same wells. Uh, But those Bedouin shepherds, they're still doing the same thing that they did 2,000 years ago. They're herding sheep. And they, they go to these wells, and sometimes they go at the same time. Three, four, five, six shepherds show up with their, their flock of sheep there at this well. And the sheep, just, they just all gather up around the well. Um, they, they do what sheep do. They walk around and bleat and make noises and stink and, and all that other stuff. Okay, But there's no fight on the part of the shepherds to keep them separated. They, they don't have to corral their sheep and say, no, 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 you got to keep, you keep your sheep over there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my sheep over here. You know, your, your sheep, they're dirty. My sheep are clean. I, want my clean. I don't want my clean sheep mixing in with your dirty sheep. You know, your, your sheep, they, they, don't, they go to a different church than what my sheep go to. We can't have them Your sheep don't believe the same thing my, my clean sheep believe, so they, they don't have to do all of that. You know why? Because whenever it's time to leave, the shepherd has a unique call. It might be a trill, a yell, 
a song, maybe they yodel, <laughs> I don't know. But those sheep have spent so much time with that shepherd, walking the hills, out feeding, that whenever they hear that unique call, they know that's my shepherd and it's time to leave. So, whenever Jesus said, well, let's, let's look at it in the Scripture. John 10, 22-27. Man, i got to hurry. He said it's now winter, or it was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. This is a New Living Translation. He was in the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. The people surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus replied, I have already told you. And you don't believe me. The proof is the works I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me. Watch this. Because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. In the King James it says, My sheep know my voice. And they follow me. You know, their question goes right to the core of who Jesus is. They wanted to know, Who are you? Who are you really? Can, can we put our trust in you? You're not doing and saying the things that we thought Messiah would say and do. Right? Because their perception of Messiah was somebody who was going to come in and rescue them from the Romans. Right? You're not doing all that stuff. We're, we're looking for a, for a military leader. A, a, a governmental leader that, that's going to get us freedom from the... You're not doing all the stuff that we thought Messiah... You, Jesus... The stuff you're doing is not meeting our expectations. So, are you really Him? Because you're not acting the way that we thought you would act. And you're not saying the stuff that we thought you would say. So, are you Messiah or are you some kind of con man? Who are you? Now, Jesus had been showing them by His actions. The stuff you've been watching me do, I'm trying to tell you, the proof is the work that I do. Look at what I've been doing around you. That shows you who I am. But actions weren't enough. And man, I'm, I'm hurrying. But they had to have, and this is where we, I've got to be careful. And maybe you've got to be careful. Apply this to yourself if you need to. They had to have that communication in a certain way. Since this man called Jesus wasn't showing them what they expected or what they wanted out of Messiah, they had to receive their confirmation communication in a certain way. Even though Jesus had already been broadcasting who he was through his actions, they wanted that audible voice confirmation. So Jesus tells them, you can't believe what I've already been communicating to you because you don't know my voice. You're not close enough to me to get it. Hmm. 
Brent, okay, we got we to gotta go. Um, comment, question, observation. Anybody. I hate to leave it this way, but we got to go. God, you're communicating. I know you are. I believe you are. Maybe my perception needs to change. My perspective might need to change. Maybe I'm looking for the wrong thing. I'm expecting you to communicate in a certain way, and you're already doing it, and I just don't see it. But there's not a problem with the transmitter. Help my reception. Help our reception. Especially if you are doing things that we're not expecting. It's not what we're accustomed to. It's not traditional. Maybe you're communicating to us in a different way because you're trying to get us to grow in a different area. Lord, get us close to you. Get us close to you so that we can know your voice and follow you where you lead. In Jesus' name.